CHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What's going on with our intro? What's going on in the paranormal world? Are phenomena increasing as we suspect? If so, what are they and why? Well, hello there and welcome to the 400th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Well, it took long enough. I'm Ben <laughs> and those intriguing questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So in honor of our 400th show, we have something very unusual this evening or Usual, because there's nothing unusual, a discussion panel made up of four very different people who are all official reporters for our show. Well, actually, three, but we're... Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll try to get them again during the break. All right, so any any hoodles, uh, anyone who is welcome to ask, or anyone who is welcome to ask questions, or join the conversation, call uh, 248-545-7685. It's important to point out that our show reporters, before we introduce them, we have have ten of them, are not necessarily uh, disciples of the Enos. They are involved in many different areas of the paranormal. They have their own theories and ways of doing things. As reporters, they provide us with information, and we can take uh, uh, all take whatever we can from it. Alrighty. So then, we are going, with that said... Uh, we are very pleased to have with us Kyle Dayton, well-known UFO expert from Arizona, Donna from Connecticut, who has been at the center of our one of our major cases uh, since 2005, Albert S. Rosales. From, uh, who we're try- going to try to get during the next break. He somehow could connect. Yes. Uh, who is from Florida, probably America's leading expert on humanoid encounters, and Richard Valdez of the Paranormal Consulting Agency, also from Florida. So let's begin with Kyle. And uh, tell us about yourself, Kyle, and what's been going on in the Southwest. Uh, well, um, I live in, um, my name's Kyle Dayton. I live in Arizona City, which is uh, halfway between Phoenix and Tucson, about 60 miles respectively, east and west, e- either way, and uh, in the heart of what they call uh, the UFO Triangle or Phoenix Triangle. And uh, currently, for the past uh, several months, I've been. Um, Guess getting ready to relocate and packing up a 1,450-square-foot house all by my bad self. <laughs> so that's kind of been a priority, and and uh, it's good to be back on the air. Thank good. you. Okay. Great. So, well, Albert's not here, so I guess I'll take over for you, Dad. So now, Richard, uh, tell us about yourself and what's been going on in the southeast. Um, well, as you all know or may not know, um, uh, I'm the lead investigator and spokesperson for Paranormal Consulting Agency. I'm also. Uh, Richard, I'm going to ask you to speak very clearly because it's uh, a little bit muffled there. Okay, sorry. How's this? That's better. Oh, That's much better. better. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm the lead investigator and spokesperson for Paranormal Consulting Agency. I'm also the administrator for the Paranormal Clergy as well. Um, the only thing I can report here in, in Florida that there, there's been somewhat of a pilgrimage as, as of late to. Uh, the Coral Castle. Um, not sure why, but there seems to be a lot of reports that there's a lot more activity picking up in that area. It's in the southernmost part of, uh, of South Florida, or not necessarily all the way south, but uh, there seems to be a lot of 
EMF readings and a lot of irregular readings going, you know, literally coming off that area. And I think that that's what's really attracting the paranormal community right now to that one particular spot. Okay, for those who are not familiar, what is the the Coral Castle? You said I think I've heard of it, but I'm not. Coral Castle was uh, created. Uh, the name escapes me right now by by an individual that basically didn't use uh, any cranes or anything of the sort. Uh, it's actually a mystery as to how he was able to cut uh, coal and also place it and create um, this structure that uh, without any conventional means by which we're familiar with uh, to these days. In fact, there's been a lot of reports and people that think that he may have somehow found a way to use the gravitational pool and also the magnetic um, energy that comes from naturally from the Earth to actually move these heavy stones and put them into place. Well, you can't get cooler than that, I guess. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that, but I uh, wanted to also welcome Donna. Uh, we don't give her a last name usually because she's involved in this very interesting case Ben and I have been working on for years. Donna, what's going on uh, with your situation and what's going on in central Connecticut? Well, it's been fairly quiet up in Connecticut. Um, it's unusual. A lot of people have been reporting ringing ears again. Um, done a lot of surveying around, and there's no new uh, cell towers or anything going up. But um, it appears that people are losing their hearing in one or other ear after loud ringing. Um, in fact, my own husband had that happen to him, and he's been to an ear doctor, and they can't find anything wrong um, at all with his ears. Um, after hearing tests and everything. Um, as far as the house goes, um, as you know, we've been doing a lot of stuff here, um, trying to decide whether to sell or keep it. Um, since I broke my foot, I was sleeping downstairs the other night, and um, one of the upstairs main bedrooms has been painted. The floors have been painted. It's completely empty, and I heard repeatedly what sounded like a ball bouncing and rolling across the floor. Um and there's a lot of voices coming up in various rooms of the house. Uh, you can't quite hear what they're saying, but they're having lively discussions. Yeah. Let me just give a little background for those who might not be familiar. If you listen to the show, you probably are familiar because we talk about it a lot. But Ben and I started, it was one of Ben's first cases. We started on this in 05 when uh, Donna contacted us because she'd read my book, Footsteps in the Attic, and thought that this is probably the best explanation she'd heard so far. Donna, correct me if I'm inaccurate in any of this. And... Um, the uh, seemingly unrelated events uh, would often occur, uh, all sorts of presences. We ourselves were there, and you could really just feel a lot of people in the house. And uh, sort of uh, six generations, it's a very old house, uh, even for, well, not for New England, but 1783 or so. Uh, so it was really an a active area. I had several experiences there the first time. It was quite interesting, and a number of uh, odd sorts of life forms have been reported there. Now, we took it from there and we started to expand uh, the, the search area, so to speak, the investigation area, because Ben and I have always, I've always found that these areas never involve just one, one building. It's always an entire area. And if, the, if you can get up the courage to talk to the neighbors or they'll talk to you, almost inevitably, they'll be, yeah, we've had weird things happening here, too. This led, this particular case, to all the way to UFOs, a military presence in the area, uh, and then Ben and I were, were making a pilot, and so this was on camera, uh, of, of investigating that particular area and of identifying sort of a triangle of which Donna's house is one point. So that's the background of this. In, in our lingo, it's, it's a, uh, 
a flap area where a number of worlds are converging upon one another, and it's just a lot. A lot of that has to do with geotechnic energies. It's a very strange area geologically, and uh, you have these various inhabitants interacting or uh, and being involved with the house, and, and that's essentially what's uh, what's going on. So uh, we're always with you there, Donna, and. Um, she always keeps us well informed, and she is an official reporter for the show. I think the case alone is well worth reporting on just just in itself. So uh, there were some interesting events that have occurred, but we've talked about it on other shows. Okay, so uh, Kyle, let's. Uh, your bailiwick is UFOs, and uh, what's been happening in the Southwest as far as they're concerned? Well, um, there was something pending that I was working on with a, a local principal of one of the schools had had. There was a sighting. Uh, several people had seen a disc land, but this was back several months ago haven't been able to uh, finish that yet but I'd like to get um, continue that but there's something that happened to me and a friend of mine and I had a weird um, experience with I'm mean, the phone a very strange phone thing even my service provider one of the largest in the country couldn't explain it and it followed a conversation that my friend Lee Bracker and I had about what we call Project Bluebeam it was very strange my, my friend Lee has a website or a blog called Dismantle the Beam Project and for those of you who are probably familiar with the so-called Project Blue Beam, it's a legendary or conspiracy theory about NASA has this big project going to initiate new world order and uh, people's belief that the Antichrist is or the, the Antichrist disguised as God is coming in. It's going to start with you know um, we, he discussed this with me and it's on his blog if you do that. But anyway, there was you know and it goes into earthquakes. This and that. He thinks that my, my Lee thinks believes through his research that there's going to be an incident like that at Hoover Dam. But actually, Hoover Dam is one third of a Stargate, which connects to I think uh, perfectly to the Pat Tillman span, or it's the O'Callaghan uh, Tillman Bridge. And if you look at it, it looks like the Stargate, the you know the Stargate on the, the TV show. But anyway, yeah, I've so, been there. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so we we had a 51 minute phone conversation from nine. Uh, eight, or eight, 51 to 951, September 17th, hung up the phone, didn't have any more phone conversation after that, went to bed, woke up at 3.30 in the morning, said, oh, I'm up, I'll check my phone, see what's going on. If anyone called me while I was asleep, and there was this outgoing phone call, 1017 to the Northern Mariana Islands on my phone, 670 area code. And I thought, I didn't make this call. Um, I didn't talk to anybody that night, nobody else in my house. My dogs can't dial the phone, so I called my service provider said, you know, I don't want to be billed for this call. And she put me on hold. Several minutes came back and she says, I'm sorry, but we have no record of that outgoing call mate being made from your phone. Wow. So, but I have it on there. And so anyway, so, but this is an unheard of, she says to them. And it's just, I thought, weird. coming on the heels of this Project Bluebeam thing. And I asked, well, you know, could it have accidentally happened from the other phone that was the primary phone on this account? Absolutely not. And you know, and she says, well, we'll block the call. Well, I was finally able to do some research on this phone number, and I found out that it's still called an invalid phone number online, no record of it. Um, and, you know, as far as somebody getting an out, making an outgoing phone call, it, it's always usually explained as to the previous homeowner had had the home system program to call their TV service provider, and then the outgoing calls came to the phone, and because, you know, the bundled Internet access is and that, but nobody can explain this. And, I mean, whether people think that 
Project Blue Beam is legitimate or whether they think it's the craziest thing they've ever heard. The fact is this call is on my phone, came in 26, or was an outgoing call 26 minutes after. There can't even, I can't even find an explanation for it on online or and you know and my friend because he does his conspiracy theory research and uh suppress cures for everything from cancer to alcoholism on his well, uh blog and yeah. so he tells me he's being monitored and i'm thinking well you know i mean what have you and and then this happens so if anybody out there in radio land and technology <laughs> land can explain to me something that the service provider can't i'd like to get an answer for it yeah, nobody made means, that uh, call yeah two four eight five four five seven six eight five uh, so but that's in any a case, yeah. UFO? Yeah. Future? Well, we have, we have to take a Maybe. break, actually, uh, right now, Thank Cal. You. But uh, I want to get back to, to that. I want to get uh, Richard in on this as well, because this, this blue beam thing is interesting because we've run into it, and it has to do with mm. Donna. So anyway, stay with us. We are uh, You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio or NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are in the midst of the 400th show. It's, we have more than that, of course, but officially this is the 400th. And we have a panel of our show reporters today, something we've never done before, talking about various areas of the paranormal. Now, Kyle Dayton from Air- Arizona UFO expert, was pointing out something about the Blue Beam project and the Blue Beam phenomenon. And it really struck home with me because I was uh, dealing with Donna's case. A number of photographs have come out, taken outside at night with blue beams coming down from the sky. And I have been told, uh, you you can correct me if I'm wrong here, anybody, but I've been told that these have been associated with uh, alien abductions and... uh, various kinds of close encounters. So uh, anyone have any comments on that? Well, Kyle, you're the one who brought up about the blue beams. How about you? Well, actually, I knew someone who drives long-distance trucking, and, and whenever they, they have had this experience twice down in Texas, in a southern Texas area where they weren't really thinking about it, and there was a big blue, like a blue light next, they thought, shining next to the truck, and as soon as they realized that they were, the blue light left, and then... Um, they saw one in the distance, and then it was there for a couple of minutes, and then, boom, it took off, just zing. And when I did a little research, I found out that for one, can't remember the particular website, but it was a UFO reporting website, and of there were only eight reportings of a blue light in Texas, and they were all within a 300-mile radius um, east and a 1- to 200-mile radius north and south of where they were in this, this position and driving their truck when they saw these things. So yeah. blue lights in Texas. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing with yeah. this one is is, is that, um, and Ben has kind of stepped out of the booth here for a minute, but I'll, I'll presume to uh, to speak for him. But um, it, we we were involved, as I say, in making this pilot, and we were expanding the case. And there were all sorts of interesting, um, and Donna has reported all sorts of interesting aircraft, uh, military activity in the area. It's, it's well known among the people. So was it mentioned in the local paper, Donna? Yes, it was. Um, people had written into, to, um, posted in the newspaper that they had been hunting or, you know, RVing or, or just, you know, out in the woods walking, and they were turned away by paramilitary, they thought were paramilitary units. Um, They were threatened off the property. There were no signs at the point where they entered, Um, but they were carrying black weapons. They were were all dressed in black. And uh, there has been so much uh, helicopter traffic um, in that area over the years. And we did go up there with you that time, and it was an innocuous-looking farm. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if they had moved out since then, but there is still a lot of helicopter activity up here. And speaking of the blue lights, um, I had reported that um, 
oh, probably about 15, 20 years ago while sleeping in the back bedroom. I woke up in the night, and, and it felt like something was over the house, and the whole house was in a blue beam, and I felt like I was underwater. It was like the, the mm-hmm. feeling of being like you see in the Caribbean where the, the light's coming down through water, like it's filtering through, mm-hmm. and then it just shut off, and there was nothing. And that's the only experience I had that was that close that I could I knew something was there. Yeah. I got up and I looked out, and there, of course there was nothing there at that point, but it, it just felt like I was underwater. Well, when we went up to some of those sites, uh, you were with us and the producer and the director as well of, of this pilot, and right. they had come up from New York. And what and Ben had uh, he has these sort of shamanic experiences as he did at Rendlesham Forest in September, which is another story. But in his opinion, uh, to put make a long story short, someone government or someone was doing experiments knew knew about this flap area was doing experiments to see if the portals as one might call them could be used to produce energy for human use i don't know electricity or whatever but rather an interesting idea and it was all because very very secret and but you know whether it's correct i don't know but uh we believe that we we found the the third point of the triangle but that whoever this was was looking in the wrong place and mm-hmm. then found the right place. So whether that's, you know, that, that's another thing, and I don't want to say too much about it because we, we have our own interesting experiences with strange people. Um, he was followed uh, all the way for, you know, for, for miles and miles by a vehicle last night, and it came right to our house and okay. parked a little bit up the street. It's a black truck kind of thing. So, well, But we're, we're sort of used to that. Now, uh, now to get to Richard here, you said you have a case now that might um, sort of involve um, uh, sort of a combination of, of uh, possession and UFOs or ghosts, or what's going on there, Richard? Well, actually, it's it's a case that came to my attention about three, four months back. Um, I spoke to the client uh, for about a good hour and a half, maybe, and uh, he was sharing with me what is commonly referred to as a fourth kind experience. And, uh, and what would course, the, well, how would you define that? Well, there's, of course, similarities. You know, people tend to confuse the fourth kind uh, type experiences to possession because it's usually uh, an individual that has be- has come under some kind of control. Uh, but obviously, from what he was reporting to me, actually, it actually kind of pointed in the direction of a lot of unidentified flying objects around his home around the time way before all of this started happening. Uh, I think there was mention of lights. I'm not sure if they were blue lights or white, but uh, shortly after, that's when he started having these issues. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to follow up because upon me calling him back, uh, he never returned my phone calls. Mm-hmm. But it was rather fascinating. It was actually my first uh, fourth-kind type case um, and I just wish he, he would have called back. But from what I understand, you know, he is presently looking for help. I got to find the number so I can actually possibly give it over to you, Paul, so you can call him up and see maybe he can, you know, respond to you. Well, we, we can certainly try. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I have a lot of experience with possession cases. It's awful. You know, it yeah. hasn't been usually for many years, and it was in the context of my seminary studies. But nevertheless, yeah, we'd certainly be happy to help anyone who who applies. Um, okay, now, now I don't know um, if if um, the rest of you feel the same as we do about this that that uh, you you do need to look beyond 
the site or the client or whatever you want to call it to see perhaps other factors that might be involved in in cases and certainly to have compassion for the people but also to look at at other people as well you know other neighbors and houses we we often with the case there been in um, rhode island where we um where, it's a, the in the dark case in footsteps in the attic. It's uh, the, be more specific. Okay, was, well, you know uh, your your uh, your mentor's house. Right. Yes, and when I was first involved in that case, nineteen ninety eight, there was a a neighbor who said, "Oh yeah, funny you should say we we've seen UFOs landing here," and this is sim- simply a, a ghost case, or we as we would call it a parasite case. So I don't know. Do you find connections like that as we do, or or maybe are we reaching? Maybe this for any any of you to answer. Well, I, 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 this Donna, personally, I, um, I have approached my neighbors, um, over the years. My, my mother, of course, and father lived here and went through the same thing that we're going through, and my grandparents. So, you know, it's getting a little more common now. It's not as taboo. You can bring the subject up to your neighbors. Um, mm-hmm. and they have had experiences, but in their opinion, it was more, um, what they would call ghost experience. Yeah. Um, my big burly neighbor won't stay home and his wife goes to Arizona because of the man who committed suicide in the house walks up and down the stairs and he hears, you know, talking in the house. And my neighbor across the street has had many experiences where she feels that someone is with her um, when an emergency happens and they prevent it. Um, you know, you could call it, you know, godly or, or ghostly or whatever, but she says she's she's actually had warnings before something serious was going to happen. And... Um, She's also, you know, felt very strongly presences, but she's never really seen anything. But, um, you know, I think I think a lot of people tend they they see it happen and they either say, "Well, I'm going crazy," or, you know, it's it's just um, it was just a trick of light or something. Or they they have a block in their mind; they won't accept the fact of what it could be. Yeah, well, pe- people don't really grasp the concepts, and, and they don't. A lot of them just don't get. They assume. This is this or this is that. But you, Donna, are the poster child for this kind of thing, in our opinion. <laughs> right, yeah. and I'm so used to it that I, I, you know, honestly, last night when I heard that, sounded like a ball bouncing and then rolling right across the floor. And I know that room. There isn't a speck of dust in that room. It's completely empty. Not even curtains and everything echoes. I didn't even attempt. I just looked up at the ceiling and said, oh, well, and went back to sleep, you know, because... Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, you have to share the house with them. Sure. Uh, I remember we, we, the only, one of the few off-site shows we've done was from your house uh, right. a few years back. And I remember that not only did the, did the dog get caught in my headset wires, and, and the, <laughs> but it barked right at the very, at the end of the, the perfect timing, right at the end of the outro. It was a woof. And the producer right. of Detroit, it wasn't Brandon, it was it was our previous producer, said, what the hey was that? <laughs> in any case, your house is a fun place in one way or the, or, or the other. Now, uh, you know, uh, Kyle, I, I think I what happens to... is, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, uh, so, what happens is, is it's the fear of the unseen world. It's just that the fact that it's just as, basically it's just as real as anything around us, but it's in a different kind of material form or it wouldn't be able to interact on the physical plane is what scares people. It's kind of like, ah, they can see us, but we can't see them kind of thing. So it yeah, is, that is a very frightening too. thing yeah. for a lot of people, I think. Donna, Donna doesn't have, Donna's very brave. I give you a lot of credit. That is wonderful. She, for well, a lot. I found out she's yep. a distant cousin of ours, actually, in the course oh. of our research. So, <laughs> yeah. But Kyle, so uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, that, that's just the way we feel, the way you just described it. Uh, do you run into... What might begin as UFO cases, and, and that might might be leading into sort of ghostly experiences, or, or or the context changes, or whatever. Have you run into that yourself? Because I know you don't just do UFOs. 
Uh, well, you know, I had had some experiences after my um, my father had passed away, and and just a few minutes after my grandmother had passed away in hospice. So I know that the the, the reality of the unseen world. And you know, when I was a kid, I they were I, I don't know. There's there's like a psychic realm, and then there's a higher realm, I think. And then the psychic realm, there's there's a hodgepodge of things like that. Because I mean, when I was a kid, and these ghosts and these things would come in my room and stand on my bed and look down at me and say, you're not afraid of us, are you? And I, I was actually yeah, scared to death, but I thought, I can't <laughs> let it show because that, that would be really bad. So I tried to shake my head no, and I could barely move it. But uh, I can't think that something is coming from a good place if it's going to scare a kid that badly. There's well, that's one thing I wanted to get into, too, with all of you is uh, you know, how to judge what's really happening. But at the moment, we have to take another break, and you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, with our panel of our show reporters having a great discussion. We'll be right back. Stay with us. New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, and Psychic Radio, PsychicOnAir.com, powered by CBS Radio, AOL, and Yahoo, is unlike any talk radio station, with a mission to improve the world one listener at a time. This is where you can be the star of your own show. Our listeners are truly unique, truly interactive, and passionate about their world. The Sky and Psychic Radio listeners genuinely care about the environment, social justice, their personal health, and raising people up to live their best life every day. Our motto is New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Age Views, Life Coaching, Psychic Analysis, Alternative Medicine, and Cutting Edge Mind, Body, and Spirit shows can all be found on The Sky and Psychic Radio. Perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family, an open mind, a great idea, and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. we 
Sidekick Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back, and we're talking with our panel of show reporters tonight. We have Donna from Connecticut. We have Kyle Dayton from Arizona and Richard Valdez from Miami. You're in Miami, right? Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida, correct. Okay, very good. And I want to get into uh, – I actually have a question. Yeah. Because I'm also a show host, and I do actually have a question. Well, please please go right ahead. Don't <laughs> right. let me stop. All right, so, Richard, you mentioned um, during – well, during, just during the break and uh, in your intro there that you did yourself – that um, you're working with paranormal clergy. Uh, could you please uh, elaborate upon the term? Uh, the, the paranormal clergy is a group that has been started by Bishop James Long uh, a few years ago, and he actually approached me about a year and a half ago to uh, start administrating for uh, his team. And it's basically uh, services of actual clergy member being offered up to paranormal teams. Uh, versus having self-proclaimed demonologists, exorcists out there that can basically, you know, read a book and then all of a sudden they think they're experts in the field. Uh, you know, this is this actually, I believe, does more damage when you have a team come in uh, and they have a, some uh, some member that's claiming to be an exorcist and in fact they've just watched a few shows and they all of a sudden think they're experts versus offering the services of actual clergy members that can actually help in a spiritual situation. So that's pretty much the explanation behind the paranormal clergy. Of what denomination do they hail? Myself or them? The, well, the clergy themselves. The clergy, that's the, the, the lovely thing about it is they, they actually, um, they have Catholic, they have uh, Protestant, they have uh, two shamans for uh, Native American Indians as well. In case we ever come up uh, in a case that's involving something that has to do with Native American, uh, they they have no scruples whatsoever. If you are considered a spiritual elder, you're there. Huh, that's actually really interesting. I'd never expect Catholics to get along with Protestants ever. Oh, and I believe it or not, not, they're not all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, one one thing to point, and, and I don't probably nobody who hadn't been in the seminary would even think of this, and it, it doesn't particularly bother me. But uh, I I hope they. There are a number of because I, I knew that that Ed Lorraine Warren, whom I worked with centuries ago, uh, were involved in a uh, they would say Roman Catholic group, but essentially it was a non canonical group that had sort of thought the Roman Catholic Church was too liberal and had set up kind of their own. And the, the trouble is, I hope people are are honest when they get. I'm sure, I'm sure that, that they are. Uh, if they are part of a splinter group rather than the actual Roman Catholic Church, and you know, now, now again, that doesn't mean that, uh, that they don't know what they're doing or anything else. But you know, I'm the kind of person who would think of that because I was in the seminary for ten years. But um, anyway, but uh, I'm sure that that people are are uh, honest in this, this realm. I hope because most clergy are not trained in this, and I'm assuming these people are. I, I know you well enough to know, Rich, that you wouldn't be involved with them if they weren't legit. Um, so one thing I wanted to lead the discussion in the direction of was how to tell what exactly you're dealing with. Uh, I've always had a, a question in my mind about people who will use uh, the sledgehammer techniques that we discourage, of course, the Ouija boards and the seances, and they believe everything they're told, or uh, even myself going into a situation 
uh, starting from when I was back in the seminary. I didn't say a word of the, about this, of course, because I would have gotten thrown out sooner than I did. But uh, <laughs> communicating with something, and, and you know, w- what tests do you use? What standards do you set up for wh- whatever it is you're dealing with? How do you know that it's really what it appears to be? So, uh, Richard, I would submit that question to you first. Uh, when it comes to what, cases or clients? Cases of both, yeah. What advice uh, do you give about people to tell what, what these things really are? Well, you know, the one thing that, this is something that's applicable also with my team and as well as the clergy. Uh, we also, we interviewing is uh, the most integral part of this whole thing. If you're not interviewing not only the client that's, you know, making the claims, but the individuals that live around the clients, you know, like the, the parents, the, the husband, wife, children, uh, it's very, very uh, needed. You, you can't just go in taking the client's word at it. And oftentimes, you know, one of the things, one of the protocols that I, I have actually established in my team years ago and also something that is encouraged as well within the paranormal clergy is to go through with encouraging them to go through psychiatric psychological evaluations. And oftentimes we end up discovering that, you know, they actually have a history of mental illness and, or are in fact not even taking their medication at the time when they uh, give us a call. And, and just out of liability, you know, we, all, we have to back off because oftentimes what happens, if you go in believing immediately what this person is claiming and you encourage uh, something more violent, uh, I had a case come to me back in February of this year a uh, young lady about the age of 17 years of age had a team, very rookieish, didn't know what they were doing, uh, informed her that she was demonically possessed. Um, out of desperation, she decided to burn 80% of her body to get mm-hmm. the demons out. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's you know so important to actually um, make sure that before you go in, you interview all parties involved and get all the information because if there is already some intervention uh, being taken place by the psychological community that, or, you know, by the medical community, you have to back off because respectfully you have to think of the client's well-being and health at all times, period. Yeah. Well, what the only thing that uh, the, the fly in the ointment there, and I agree with you 100%, was that when I was a grad student in psychology and in the seminary at the same time, I would run into what appeared to be entanglements of, yes. of, of what are commonly thought of as psychoses with real paranormal phenomena. And all sorts of questions arose. For example, are these schizophrenics, are they, are they really nuts or are they experiencing worlds that really exist and we're the ones who missed the boat? Now, that kind of thing. Now, I certainly do not consider myself competent to make that judgment. But uh, th- there have been times when I've addressed groups of psychiatrists on this and, and they will you say, oh, what are you doing? You're being irresponsible. But then they'll come up individually, not all of them, of course, but a few, and say, you know, I've always suspected the same thing. I don't dare say it because I'll lose my job. So these are difficult questions. And you're right about the litigious nature of society today. Back in the old days, it was a sort of seat-of-the-pants operation. You didn't have to worry about getting sued. Now, you know, if, if quote, the poltergeist put the bruises on the child – now you have to report it to family services, you know, that kind of thing. Correct. It really gets complicated, you know, and, and I, I, I'm sure you know that. Now, what and I have thing- to agree with you there, Paul, though. I mean, there, there are, I strongly believe there are people that have been diagnosed with mental illness, but there is, in fact, um, some paranormal activity going on 
the problem is, yeah, you're right. They do entwine. How do you, when, when do you step away and when do you step in is the Good question. question. Good question. Because you have incompetent clergy in some cases and you have incompetent psychiatrists and psychologists. And, and, and with all due respect to that profession, the ones I worked with, half of them were mad as hatters themselves. You know? yeah. So it's really, it really depends on the person and you have to kind of get lucky. It's very difficult, very difficult situation. But Richard, I wanted to kind of take uh, all of us into another area, sort of going beyond what we just said. Now, you you mentioned uh, during the break that um, something that I've also heard from the Vatican, certain friends I have over there, because like they're going to talk to me, um, but but they will they will sort of indicate that there are increasing numbers of possessions being reported. What what, what say you on that? I think the you know there's if you'll notice there's more reports of that in Rome than anywhere else. Uh, if I recall, I mean, I, I've read reports where there's priests that actually take on almost 100 cases a day. Uh, but I think the reason that In the city of Rome? Become, yes. That explains a lot <laughs> about the state of the Italian government. <laughs> but one thing that you also have to take under consideration, every single show out there without naming any that are paranormal-based, they've literally started focusing now on everything as demonic. And that's the problem. They're misdiagnosing what is truly going on in those homes or in those commercial locations that they're investigating. And before even bothering to, you know, literally dissect the situation and the phenomenon, they immediately go to demonic. That being the case, all the people that are viewing these shows now believe any kind of phenomenon taking place in their home is demonic. I think that is predominant now because it's really trending it's been a trend. It's been going on for several years now, and it's reached a fever pitch, in my opinion. Yeah, well, that, that's one of my my problems with the the pop paranormal shows is that they stimulate interest in the entire field. And and I've always said, you know, whenever anything feeds your ego, watch out because you might have a, a, a young uh, teenager who is you know maybe failing in school. The parents don't understand him or her. Everything's wrong. But I have this cosmic being. Who's paying attention to me? You know, right. tells me all this great stuff. That that's unbelievably dangerous. So, and it's it's very irresponsible of these shows. They just, extremely. in my opinion, they should actually put a disclaimer before, during, and after. Yeah, when it comes to these shows, because they do the do a lot lawsuits. of damage. I'm waiting for the first lawsuits again. <laughs> you know, there's, there's already been a few. Well, they treat such a delicate thing. It's like considering brain surgery as bird watching. <laughs> and that's yeah. pretty much what they're trying to equate it to. They're like, oh, yeah, you guys can go out on weekends and go ghost hunting. And it doesn't even matter what you, like the consequences of your actions. And it's like Just because I watch Grey's Anatomy does not mean I'm a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon. surgeon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back with our panel. After a few messages, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio at NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. Discover your spirit. Listen to Spirit Guide Radio, where leading spiritual experts serve as guides to nourish your soul. Every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander, The Zodiac Girls with Solaris, Laura and Kira, Ask Dr. Doug with Dr. Doug Lear, PSI 911 with Katie, Rhonda, and Christy, Life by Number with Celeste, and Your Reiki Journey with Heidi Harrison. Spiritually Speaking Radio for the Soul. CBS Radio's The Sky. Believe. 
Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Okay, and what? Why are you pointing at me? I don't know. I wanted you to have a chance oh, to do oh, the intro. Right. Well, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio with our wonderful panel, we're having some very enlightening discussion this evening about, well, how ridiculous everything is in the paranormal field nowadays. <laughs> well, there are also some serious things, too. What, one thing I wanted to get in here, we ran our last few minutes of the show here, but I wanted to submit to our panel an idea that uh, we wonder if things are not increasing in the paranormal uh, world as far as reports and whether it be possession, UFO sightings, or whatever, uh, sort of increasing in general, based on the alleged, well, it's not really alleged, I mean, it's true, these the strange things that are going on in the galactic neighborhood as we approach the end of 2012. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking the Mayan prophecy here. I'm just talking sort of increased electromagnetic activity, generally speaking. Uh, human behavior has become uh, kind of odd, and there are studies we've looked into about how e- electromagnetic fields can affect human behavior. What say you, all of you on this? Uh, I guess we, maybe we can start with, with Kyle and then, then go to Don and, and then Rich on, on uh, do you think things are increasing? Uh, and in Donna's case, uh, are things increasing in your own house? But let's start with Kyle. Are you noticing more UFO sightings, more 
strange things happening? Uh, out here, yeah, yes, and things that don't even get reported in the news, especially the so-called, I don't know if they're, they're called spook lights or strange lights that are just there, and they're not definable, just as strange lights in the sky. But, you know, I think in the, in the case of increased um, activity in this and that, you know, I just had a thought that I think that maybe the increased electromagnetic uh, or electronic disrupt, disruptions in our Earth and more cell phone use and all these other things kind mm. of, Disrupting our grids are kind of maybe opening up portals and for, for people's thought patterns be, being um, active and, you know, and kind of dwelling in the, the the lower chakra. And we don't have a society or a world that teaches you how to think on a higher, more un, universe, one-verse level. So we're kind of in this hodgepodge of whatever. But I think it's, it's that could be a possibility, just a thought. Yeah. Okay. Donna? Well, I agree. I think I think with all of the uh, the electronics, the solar activity, um, everything that's been going on, I think it's uh, as I put it, kind of thinning the veil out. And um, I think I think activity is increasing. We recently had um, a few ghost hunters at one of our local theaters here. They had a show. Um, I didn't attend. My sister did, and she said that there were just reports all through the audience. Um, of various locations in our city where recent activity had been reported. Um, I didn't go. I didn't, didn't, you know, hear where the locations were. But it seemed like, she said, every single person there had something to report. In your area, I'm not surprised. Right. Yeah. Rich, what say you? Well, um, actually using history as as a teacher, uh, we have to remember that back uh, in the days, you know, when there wasn't that much technology, all these phenomenons that we speak of today were actually accepted more. Mm -hmm. uh, they were believed more because I think it was possible for these things to happen on a natural uh, course and, and happen from time to time. Nowadays, there's, you know, I have to agree with the electromagnetic fluctuations that are here now with all the, te the technology that we have. It's a double-edged sword. It actually does open the door for other type beings to come through but it also I believe dampens our awareness as well and it's a distraction for us not only you know the waves themselves but also TV radio and all these all these other medias by which we're always being interrupted by and confused by I think that it's created very much like what was said earlier a hodgepodge of, of phenomenon that's taking place and we really don't know which one to actually give more credence to because it's all happening at the same time. Yeah. Well, one, one fun, I, I think that, that those are all very good insights. Uh, ben, any questions uh, of your own right now? No, we don't Please. really have much time. We only have like four minutes left. So. Yeah, we do. Okay, well, just uh, to take no more than one minute. Uh, uh, 2012 is coming to an end. Uh, we are don't necessarily believe all this stuff. I think that things are always changing. But who knows? We're having an end-of-the-world party with one of our guests who was a well-known author on the subject. And uh, well, what do you folks uh, – do you have any – do any of you sort of take the Mayan prophecy seriously as, quote, the end of the world as we know it on December 21st? I mean – Well, I'm actually, um, I <laughs> – <laughs> I want to see the change. A, a semi-lighthearted question. Well, I know with with Donna, with her her daughter, um, 
you know, leaving the home and stuff and with me like packing, I think there's personal changes in everyone's lives. I, sure. I can't comment on what, uh, what the bigger picture is. I'm just waiting and seeing what happens on December 22nd. Actually. Exactly. Well, we have a show on yeah. December 23rd uh, with Dierlon, yeah. the author who advocates this, uh, debating, again, Dr. Chris Keating, the physicist, on uh, why didn't the world end on Friday, or did it? You know, so mm-hmm. we'll Exactly. Uh, okay, well, very good. Well, we want to thank all of you for being with us. It's just been a wonderful conversation. I'm sorry uh, Al- Albert Rosales couldn't join us. Uh, the humanoid aspect would have been interesting, Albert being a, an expert on that subject. So uh, just very quickly, I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, your if you have websites, uh, where people can find out more about you. I know, Donna, you're sort of with us. But um, go ahead, uh, Kyle. What uh, Where can people find out more about you? Uh, well, um my normal email address here is um, Kyle at BehindTheParanormal.com, but just temporarily, um, if you would like to, anyone who wants to contact me, do it at KyleDayton at Yahoo.com, just temporary. Yeah, all Thank these you. folks and, have and, uh, their own show addresses, okay. so, yeah, good, okay. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, Donna, uh, what say you? Well, I can be contacted through you, I suppose. Yeah, I think um, I, <laughs> I tried to set up my uh, Behind the Paranormal uh, site, and I couldn't get it through, and I still can't. Uh, so um, if anyone is interested in, um, you know, going through Paul, because my email address is my full name, so yeah, okay. I, 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 you know, I won't post it. But Yeah, but Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com or Ben at BehindTheParanormal.com. Richard? You can find me at uh, Rich Valdez um, on Facebook. Uh, you can also find me in uh, ParanormalConsultingAgency.com as well as in ParanormalClergy.com as well. Just send right. uh, whatever email you want to my attention, Rich Valdez. Okay, very good. Well, thank you all so much. Great discussion. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we'll see you right here next week, December 2nd, when my dad and I will host an open line show on a number of paranormal topics. So in the meantime, tune into our Boston slash Providence drive time show on WON, 1240 AM, and com at 6 p.m. Eastern time every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows. We have over 450 shows at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we'll leave you this evening with a thought from the American author Ernest Hemingway. Most people have heard of him. Quote, before you act, listen. Before you react, think. Before you spend, earn. Before you criticize, wait. Before you pray, forgive. Before you quit, try. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.